We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Oh, happy St. Patty's Day, guys. Let's talk some Chiefs. Welcome to the Chief in the North podcast. I am your host, a Minnesota Chiefs fan, or Seth Kaiser. And ladies and gentlemen, it is a great week to be a Chiefs fan. The Chiefs are in the playoffs. They're hosting the Titans in a few days. All is right with the universe. And no matter what happens, well, let me let me backtrack for a minute. Let me phrase it a better way. I feel like the Chiefs are playing with house money right now. They've got a good team, a team that I think is playing in the best football all season. And before you jump on me for that, let me just say the defense is playing much better than it was to start the year. And so that's what makes me feel like overall the team is playing its best football this season. They got a good team with a quarterback that had a great season overall this year cumulatively. Um, they, they're going in with great playmakers. Tyreek Hill has become an elite wide receiver. Travis Kelsey's a stud. Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing. Uh, Justin Houston is an animal. Marcus Peters has been on fire. Uh, DJ's playing better. Reggie Ragland's great. Everything is just going really well right now, I guess is my point. Um, and they're going into the playoffs with what I think is their best chance at a run in a long time. And I'm even including last year's team because this year's team is to a large extent healthier and I think has a better overall squad than last year's team did. I'm excited about this. I'm genuinely excited, but here's the thing. (laughs) They're playing with house money because no matter what happens, let's say the chiefs have a disappointing loss to the Titans. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. I, that'd be a real bummer. I think they're a much better team than the Titans. They ought to send them packing, get bring home that second playoff win in 20 gazillion years or whatever it is. I mean, they ought to. But even if they don't, we now know that no matter how this season ends, we've got something pretty cool to look forward to. Of course, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes started his first game. Obviously, I'm going to be talking a lot about that because I'm the film review guy. That's kind of my thing. So I want to talk about Mahomes today, about what I was watching for, about what I saw on film that really stuck out to me about some major differences between the offense under him and the offense under Alex, um, and some incorrect narratives that I've heard since the game, and just a few things to kind of that I think need correction. So this is going to be a lot on Patrick Mahomes. However, the playoffs are coming up, guys. So I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the playoffs. So I also want to talk about the Chiefs versus the Titans. Um, I haven't scouted the Titans extensively. I only know a little bit about them. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about what I'd like to see them do in the playoffs based on what I know about the Titans and based more importantly about what I know about the chiefs. I'm going to give my thoughts on that. Then we're going to do some mailbag questions and then we're going to call it a day. Seriously, guys, it is a good, good week to be a chiefs fan. Hey, happy new year, by the way. Um, I don't wax eloquent here a lot because none of you should really care what I have to say about life because, I really haven't earned that right from any of you, I don't think. I mean, maybe a few of you that I know a little better, but those of you that know me better, I probably have even less right because you actually know me. I would just say 
Um, one of my best friends, he's got this, and regardless of where you land on prayer, it's the thought here. Okay. He's got this great, he's got this great prayer that he often says, let me be a better man tomorrow than I was today. And I just, let's, let's start new years with that attitude, whether you're a praying person or not, that's just a great attitude to have in general. Let's have 2018. Let's be better than we were in 2017. And you know what? All of you, you're pretty awesome. So that means raising the bar even higher. All right. That said, happy new year, guys. I hope it was a really a great one. Um, it was for me. I spent time with my wife, spent time with my kiddos. It was great. So let's talk Patrick Mahomes. Um, last week I did a pretty extensive podcast talking about what I was watching for. Um, and the big three things for me are pocket presence, accuracy, and post snap reads, you know, the ability to, to calmly look, you know, okay, there's, there's the out number one route, the, the, these running and out, then I'm looking at the slant and, you know, just checking through your progressions, I guess is what you could refer to it as. That's what I was really watching for, but I was watching for a lot of other things as well. My big thing with Mahomes, I wanted to see if he was making the little plays right, if he was running the read pass options correctly, if he was recognizing holes in zone defenses and getting the ball out quickly, if he wasn't forcing the ball into bad places, just things like that. I wanted to see him make regular throws, normal throws, mundane throws, as well as the spectacular. And, um, Fortunately for me, I was not disappointed in either. He was actually more spectacular than I expected, which I had pretty high expectations for his his high end plays. Um, but he he outstripped even those high expectations. So he was both more spectacular, and in addition, he was better in the quiet moments of the game. He was better in the in the the reads and the checks and the the protections. At least now that I've gone back and watched a little bit, than I expected. Now was he perfect? No, I don't think so. But he he did a lot of things really really. Well, and I'm fired up about it. I actually, if you're listening to this, there's an article on Arrowhead Pride. The All-22 review is up. That's going to be the basis of some of the information that I'm going to be sharing with you tonight. But I'm able to kind of expound a little bit more. And as time has gone by after writing the article, there's a few things I've thought of that I wish I would have included. And just seeing some responses people have had to it. I've got some additional things to add to it. Um, but there, there, there's just a lot that I, I, I saw in his game. Um, first things first, as as you know, I, I, I track things like happy feet and missed shots, and drops, flushes, you know, flushes being, um, you know, plays where the quarterback gets flushed from the pocket before he can do almost anything where there's immediate pressure or where there's pressure so quickly that no one has time to get open. I charted plays made. He had nine. Those are plays where basically the offense failed and he pulled something out of his hat. He had nine. It was the most by any Chiefs quarterback this year. Although to be fair in Alex Smith defense, he's had a couple of games where he was close to that mark. He had seven franchise quarterback throws. He had 13 multiple read plays. He only had five inaccurate passes. We're going to come back to that. And he had two potential picks in addition to the pick he had. I was being kind of picky. (laughs) No pun intended. Not pun. Okay, you know what? Anyway, one of those potential picks would have required an incredible diving throw on an interception, but I was trying to be a harsh grader. Um, Mahomes overall, what I did in the article, and you can go see it on Arrowhead Pride, the the Alex Smith, or Alex Smith, man, I've been reviewing Alex Smith for a long time. The Mahomes All-22 versus the Broncos, I think it's entitled Buckle Up or something like that. I compared it to what Alex has done on an average basis. So I went back and I tallied up all of Alex's games that I've graded this year, and I averaged them out and I compared it. And so I guess what I would tell 
value is um, one thing to worth noting with Mahomes, he didn't have a single missed shot. He had, didn't have a single missed open receiver down the field. Um, he had, uh, you know, Alex's average plays made was 3.4, despite the fact that Alex normally got flushed only about five times a game. Uh, Mahomes got flushed three times more, but he made almost three times as many plays. He did throw more potential picks than Alex, but he also had twice as many franchise throws. He had just as many multiple read plays. And, and we're going to come back to this, one fewer. Alex averaged 5.6 inaccurate throws a game. Mahomes had five. Alex averaged 25.6 accurate throws per game. Mahomes had 29. So again, keep those numbers in your head. We're going to come back to those. But I want to talk a little bit about the film, what I saw that really got me fired up outside the obvious. Yes, he made exceptional plays. Yes, he did crazy awesome things. But what I saw... That really got me fired up. Well, okay, yes, the exceptional plays got me fired up too. Um, one thing, he was very calm under pressure. That was one thing. He 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 has pocket presence. There were multiple plays where when the pocket wasn't completely collapsing, he was willing to navigate the pocket and keep his eyes downfield. Then there were a bunch of plays where the pocket was collapsing and it was just complete chaos around him, but he was still calm his eyes down the field um the 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 play that everyone knows where he there was a i believe it was a safety blitzing um i think 34 blitz right up the middle got pressure on mahomes immediately mahomes managed to sidestep him a bit and then while the safety is is basically twisting and grabbing and pulling on him and then finally had gone down to his legs mahomes stayed on his feet and fired a first down past albert wilson because i think it was third and 14 everyone knows what play that was um, what I loved about that, not just, yes, the strength is incredible. The arms, you know, and I mean like his core body strength. Awesome. The, the arm strength to make that throw with a guy tugging at you with no platform. That's incredible too. What I loved is how he kept his cool. He had a guy draped all over him, but he still kept his eyes down the field, saw a guy coming open and got him the ball. That is repeatable. That's got nothing to do with freakish arm strength and everything to do with a mental makeup that you either have or you don't as a quarterback. A cool head under pressure is something from everything I've seen. You either have it or you don't. And Mahomes is unbelievably cool under pressure. Um, and that, that folds into the pocket presence issue. He did a great job navigating the pocket. And that's, again, that's one of the first things I watch for in a quarterback. Cause if you want to be a great quarterback, you have to have good pocket presence. It's a requisite. Uh, it's a prerequisite. You gotta have it. And he does, he moves around the pocket. Well, um, despite facing tons of pressure, a lot of quarterbacks, when they face a lot of quarterbacks have good pocket presence when they're usually not facing pressure. Um, Alex Smith does, for sure. He, he, when he, in a game where the offensive line is overall doing a good job, Alex's pocket presence is fine. It's when things start breaking down repeatedly, he starts to get happy feet. Mahomes had things break down. The 16 flushes were more than any other game this season, and he still kept his composure and his pocket presence. Um, accuracy. And so remember, there's the three things, right? Pocket, pocket presence, accuracy, and reads post-snap, going through progressions, right? Accuracy. I was thrilled with his accuracy. And when we get into the uh, the, the the false narratives thing, that's something I, I want to talk about for a little bit because I've, I've heard people say that he wasn't that accurate. And I guess that's why I track these things, right? And like I said, he had five throws that I charted as inaccurate and he had 29 that I charted as accurate. Now, when you're charting accurate versus inaccurate, situational context does come into play. Delivering a catchable pass when you are in the process of getting hit 
is more impressive than delivering a catchable pass when you've got a clean pocket. Accuracy changes based on distance down the field. A, a, I'm not asking a guy to have the same pinpoint accuracy 40 yards down the field as I am five yards down the field on a screen pass. Just different plays. So that context matters. And part of it is he was attempting some more difficult throws, which we'll talk about later. But the situations that he was in, he was consistently accurate. Yes, he had one horribly inaccurate throw to DeAnthony Thomas resulted in a pick. That's what the play people go to. Oh, yeah, he threw that bad pick. Here's the problem with basing your opinion of a game on one play. It's that you're basing your opinion of a game on one play. That doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. You, what matters is what a quarterback does consistently, not what happened on one or two plays. And so, yes, he had some inaccurate throws. But the truth of the matter is this: these averages for Alex is the best overall season he's had on a, as a pro. The best overall. It's not close because he had to include some of his rougher games, but it also includes the Patriots game and the Eagles game and the Redskins game and the Texans game, and the Raiders game and the Jets game or not the Jets game. Actually, the Jets game and the second Raiders game aren't in there. One was really good. One was really bad. So it kind of bounces out. But he's got all these good performances in there, too. The first Broncos game, which I thought Alex was really good despite his base stats. And so he, he has he had he had good numbers this season in my charting. And despite that. Mahomes was more accurate, more accurate. That's what really impressed me. Despite the incredibly difficult circumstances he was playing in, he was overall very accurate throughout the day. That was so, so encouraging for me because that was one I was a little bit, I I knew his pocket presence. I didn't know, but I was pretty sure his pocket presence would be good. I was pretty sure his, his progressions would be good. I was not sure about his accuracy. I'd hoped. And so far, he was even better than I'd hoped. And then the final thing is going through reads post-snap, going through your progressions. Um, Like I said, I charted 13 snaps where he went beyond his first read. And that's a pretty decent number. It's about what Alex has done this year. Now, Alex gets a lot of grief for not going through his reads. Um, This year, he's been much better at that than in previous years. And so Mahomes doing that in his first start, especially when you take into account the number of plays where he couldn't go to his second read because the pressure was there too quickly. He did a great job with that. So all three of my main things, all three of my, my most important traits a quarterback needs to show Mahomes really knocked all three of them out of the park. He had good pocket presence. He had good accuracy and he went through his progressions. Well, um, it was so much fun to watch. I'm going to take a quick break and then I, I want to speed through a few more Mahomes related topics and then try to get to starting to talk about Chiefs Titans, the playoffs, what it all means and all that fun stuff. But, you know, we've got a few more things to go over with regards to Mahomes because, you know, this is the future we're talking about. So we're going to talk about all that right after this first break. All right. We're talking Mahomes before we talk playoffs. Um, One of the things I'd like to point out is some of the differences in the offense with Alex versus Mahomes. Um, One thing, you know, I had a lot of people ask me, well, he didn't take any snaps under center. Well, that's not true. He took nine under center. Um, And percentage-wise, it was a little over 15%. Um, Now, that's very low, obviously. However, when you take into account the Chiefs take about 71% of their snaps in shotgun um, throughout the season, then you realize, well, it's really not all that different. It's a difference of, you know, know, seven or eight snaps. And that's easily accounted for – by the fact that the Chiefs didn't have a running back they were willing to play. Akeem Hunt got hurt. Um, Charkandrick West has been not, 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 he wasn't able to play. And so it was basically kind of a, oh, 
Uh, what are we going to do? So they put Anthony Sherman there. Well, look, taking a handoff as a running back from, from a single set or from an I formation, it's tougher than you think. And with regards to I formation with Sherman at running back, we didn't have a fullback. And so that changed things. And Andy Reid said as much after the game, that's not really the type of differences I'm talking about because one game doesn't really show you a lot about offensive tendencies. One thing I think is worth knowing is that Alex has averaged 3.8 throws 20-plus yards down the field over the course of this season, and Mahomes had four. So you see there's not a huge difference there in the 20-plus yards. Um, Additionally, um, Alex has averaged 6.2 throws behind the the line of scrimmage and 10 from 1 to 5 yards, and Mahomes had 7 and 10. So this idea that, oh, when Mahomes comes in, we're not going to do any more dink and dunk. Yes, we will. It's still an Andy Reid offense. He's still going to challenge people horizontally with RPOs as part of the offense and with guys that are good with yak, like some of these receivers, you're, you're still going to have that. If I would just say the biggest difference and the one that I think is worth keeping the closest eye on as we move forward, it's the intermediate zone, 11 to 19 yards past the line of scrimmage. Okay. And now for a lot of people, that's kind of the money zone. And to an extent, I agree. A lot of people get focused on the 20 plus yard bombs. I personally think the 11 to 19 yards, that intermediate zone is where you can kind of start to separate quarterbacks a little bit because those are tough, tough, tough throws to make because generally speaking, you're not just, you know, chucking it up there and hoping, you know, and you know, if, if one safety is over the top, you usually still have some muck there to throw through and that, that's just, they're just tough throws. So here's the interesting thing to me. Throughout the course of this season, and make no mistake, Alex has been throwing the ball down the field 20-plus yards way more this season. Again, did it the same amount as Mahomes. Over the course of the season, in that intermediate zone from 11 to 19 yards, Alex is averaging 4.7 passes a game, right? So a little under five throws a game have gone to that intermediate zone. Patrick Mahomes had 11. 11. Now, just to give you some 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 context, that is more than any game Alex has played this year. In fact, the most times Alex has gone to that intermediate zone this year is eight. And that's only one time. Then I think he had one or two games with seven. That's it. So Mahomes tested there. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt Mahomes tested that intermediate zone way more often than Alex Smith does. That I think is something to keep your eye on. If I were to have people take two things out of this game, one was that Mahomes was more accurate than we expected. Because some of these things we expected, the cannon, we expected the, uh, the poise in the pocket. Some people expected, but I, his accuracy, well, and his ability to go through the regular offense too. So three things, um, and we'll get to the this the second one. The first was the accuracy, which we talked about a little bit. And we'll talk about more in a second. The second was the fact that he ran the offense pretty well when it didn't fall apart due to pressure. And again, we'll talk about that more in a second. But the third and one that I would really hang on to because this could be a very interesting development is that intermediate zone. 11 shots between 11 and 19 yards, more than double what Alex averages on the year. That's an incredibly important stat, especially on, you know, third and long. Are you on third and eight? Are you throwing the ball short of the sticks or are you throwing it 13 yards, right? On third and 14, where's the ball going? Is the ball going five yards down the field, 10, 15? Where's the ball going? That matters. That Those intermediate zones, those are where you often find pockets in zone coverages, 
And those are often where you're going to soften up the defense and force them to play things a certain way. Um, you know, people talk a lot about forcing safeties to back off the line of scrimmage, and that's certainly important. However, an underrated thing is forcing the linebackers off the line of scrimmage, force them to respect intermediate throws, force them to get depth in their drops when they're playing zone coverage, and you will make things easier for the running game. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. You can't answer me because I'm just talking to air right now. But the the idea in zone coverage, right? Linebackers are covering some of those underneath zones. If they are only worried about plays or throws one to you know one to to, to nine yards past the line of scrimmage, they're going to play things a certain way. And one of those ways is they don't need to get back in their drops quite as quickly. They don't need to back off the line of scrimmage quite so quickly, which means if it's a run, they have not taken a false step backwards yet. And instead, they can close without having missed a step. And you can say, well, it's just one step. In the NFL, one step is the difference between a 60-yard touchdown and a stuff at the line of scrimmage. And I am not exaggerating. That is how, what you know, game of inches, right? You, you, you got every single inch matters. And if you can force linebackers especially, and that's where this intermediate zone matters. And it'll affect the safeties too and the corners. Don't get me wrong. But where I'm really excited to see as far as development goes here is how it affects linebackers in the future because they have to get depth on their drops quickly. And as Chiefs fans, we've seen this. We've seen this repeatedly. Linebackers getting burned for not getting back far enough in their drops by throws in that intermediate zone. And so if Mahomes continues to do that, that will open up the running game. Yes, bombs down the field, 40 yards, help open up the running game, but not to the extent that testing intermediate zones does. That is the biggest thing. You want to you wanna really wow someone who maybe doesn't listen to the Chief in the North and they want to talk about Patty Mahomes, just tell them, you know what? I really think there's going to be a difference is the intermediate zones because the effect it'll have on dropping linebackers in zone coverage. And then they'll be like, whoa, that's a great take. Or they'll be like, well, that's pretty idiotic and they'll tell you why. And then you can tweet me and tell me that I'm stupid. Either way, we're going to have fun. But that is one of the biggest things I've taken is that Mahomes' effect on the running game could be substantial just because of that. Alex has had a good year, but intermediate passes are not his thing still. Deep ball, forget about it. He's been the most accurate guy in the NFL this year. Really come a long ways on that. It's something worth being proud of. It's awesome. But those intermediate shots, still not his ball of wax, and it does affect the offense. So that's a huge deal. The plays made, that's another thing that was a huge difference on the offense. Um, And I'm not going to belabor this point too much because it's impossible to talk about it much without sounding like I'm bashing Alex. And I really don't want to because I like Alex. Um, When everything falls apart... Alex, at times, can make plays. He certainly has, but consistently he does not. And we, we saw that against the Bills. We saw that against the Giants. We saw that against the Cowboys. Uh, we see that against the Steelers multiple times. Um, we saw. I think I said the Bills already, but I mean, we saw that in his four or five rough performances this year. It, it was when the offense overall wasn't performing. Now, against the Broncos, I thought he kind of dragged them to respectability, much like Mahomes did this last game. Um So it's not like he never does it. It's just he doesn't do it consistently. So now, yes, we need to see Mahomes do it more than one game because consistency is what counts. But the the, the traits that Mahomes showed um, when everything fell apart, 
were unique and they look repeatable. And so I would just say that's another thing that that's different is the margin for error for the offense was a lot greater because suddenly instant pressure didn't mean the play was dead. Does it always mean the play is dead with Alex? No, he just had that great scramble last week against Miami, but there's a difference between doing it every now and then and doing it nine times in a single game. And so I'm excited to see those two things play forward. I'm excited to see what Mahomes can do moving forward. I really think, I think it was uh, one of the major analyst guys, you know, which usually I take what they say with a grain of salt because often it's without reviewing the film on that particular guy because they've got a whole league to cover. But I know there was one guy who said he thinks that Mahomes is going to take the NFL by storm in 2018. And I really think he will. I very much do. Um, just a couple things before we move on to Tennessee. There are a couple of narratives that floated around after the game. I don't know if they were based on Feely's commentary, which to be perfectly honest, I- I'm sure Feely's a great guy, but his commentary was was rough. It was very rough. He said some things that were just ridiculous. Um, the the interception was not a bad read. The, uh, the read was actually open. Now he could have hesitated and thrown it to an outside post on the right side of the field with the free safety going down to the inside post. However, De'Anthony Thomas was open. He just made a bad throw. It just sailed. It happens. That wasn't a bad read. The uh, the the late potential pick to Demetrius Harris, where Feely said, "Oh, he threw it into double coverage." That is not what happened. The free safety bit on a on on Mahomes a pass that Mahomes was almost going to make to the left early in the play came down, and then Demetrius Harris was able to beat his man up the seam down the field. And when Mahomes got a chance to look at him under pressure, Harris was wide open with no safety help over the top where Mahomes' mistake was as he tried to sling it without setting his feet. He should have reset and then thrown. He had enough time to do it, but he didn't. In both of those cases, the false narrative I'm finding is that he made some kind of bad read. He did not. He did not make very many bad reads at all from what I observed. And so that that's one false narrative. The other one I've already addressed to an extent is accuracy. I've had a few people tell me they weren't happy with his accuracy. I don't know what they're talking about. I charted the passes, and it's just not true. It just isn't. Um, people can talk about ball placement here, this, that, and the other thing. But his accuracy was perfectly fine. Um, was it was it an elite accuracy game? No, it wasn't. But considering the circumstances he was in, I would argue that it was. I don't think there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that would have been nearly as accurate as he was considering the throws he was being forced to make. It's just a completely false narrative on him. The last one is the idea that he was just playing sandlot ball out there and just running around. And I saw that in a few major media outlets. And it just blew my mind after reviewing the film. Because if you go back and watch, you will find multiple read pass options that he ran smoothly and efficiently. You'll find multiple plays that he made from the pocket smoothly and efficiently. Um, Multiple times that he recognized certain coverages and threw the ball to the right place in the first read. The times when he played Sandlot ball was when the defense blew up what they were doing. And so this idea that he was only making plays in Sandlot ball, I'm sorry, but I would love for anyone who believes that to, to come on here with me and explain that to me. And I would go through it with them snap by snap and show them, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this Sandlot ball? You know, this perfectly run RPO here. Um, is this Sandlot ball? Him calling, you know, him calling it sliding his protection, right? Then letting the edge rusher go free at him, which then releases Sherman to a wide open short dink that results in 10 yards. That's not Sandlot ball. That's good quarterbacking. And so I saw a lot of false narratives there. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. We're about to move on to talk chiefs, Titans and playoffs in the future. But 
Mahomes played, I would say, probably one of the four or five best games that I, I've seen a Chiefs quarterback play this year. And considering the circumstances he did it in, that is highly impressive. He was better than I thought he would be, and I can't wait to see what happens next. All right, speaking of next... We've got the playoffs. We got a couple minutes here before we need to take our next break. So I want to dive right into it. The Chiefs are hosting the Titans. It's the matchup that almost everyone said they'd prefer when we were trying to figure out who they might play at what time and all that stuff. Because the Bills beat them once this year, and the Ravens are widely thought of as a better team than the Titans or the Bills. Um, I'm perfectly fine with the matchup. Um, the Chiefs lately haven't done particularly great against the Titans. Um in part because Alex has not had good games against them. It's a couple couple games in a row Alex has struggled against them. It'll be really interesting to me to see what happens. You know, they played the Titans a few years ago where Alex tried to open up and go deep quite a bit more and it worked out horribly. Of course, that's when he was throwing the ball to Donny Avery and that's when he wasn't throwing the ball nearly as accurately down the field. It's a different team now. Of course, the Titans are a very different team as well. Um the Titans, you know, they've got Mariota, who's having a really bad year, particularly, you know, compared to what people thought he would do. He's just struggled as a passer to an extent. Still a great athlete, and he's still very, very dangerous. Definitely a gamer, but he just hasn't uh, developed the way people were hoping he would based on what he did last year. In fact, he's been probably a little worse than he was last year. Um, now, they've got Henry, who's a great runner. And so, you know, the big thing that people... I know that I've spoken with are concerned about is can the chiefs run defense rise to the occasion? And that's the thing I want to address before we go on our first break here. And then we'll talk about the, the chiefs Titans some more. Um, the chiefs run defense was so bad to start the year and throughout the middle of the year that it really, you know, it, there's a lot of jokes about the Chiefs defense. I think they're dead last in DVOA, the football outsider statistic. There's a lot of reasons to doubt the run defense. However, as of late, it's looked better. Now, some of the safeties need to figure out their tackling issues because there were some of those against Miami, to be sure. But Reggie Raglan's improved play and the improved play well, – not Reggie Raglan's improved play. His addition and then kind of getting into the swing of things on defense and the defensive line's improved play as well as – and this is an underrated aspect – Derek Johnson's play coming around has been huge. Huge. Uh, KPL, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, he's also played pretty well. But the the fulcrum of it all is Reggie Ragland and Justin Houston when you're talking run defense. Houston has been brilliant against the run all year. He'll continue to be so. But the difference has been Reggie Ragland. He has been a true thumper up front. He is good for several stops himself. Just himself a game and then several other plays at least just himself where he forces the runner somewhere that leads to a stuff or a very short gain. And even just changing four or five plays like that a game, it's like, well, that's only four or five plays. You mean like, you know, 20% of their running game, 15, 20% of their running game. Absolutely. That's a huge deal. And so I've got a lot of faith in the chiefs defense, even though they've given me every reason not to at certain points, they are playing their best ball of the season right now. And I've got, I've got a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to do pretty well. Um, I don't think they will be an elite unit, especially against the run, but I do have faith in their ability to step up, especially with Reggie Ragland making the progress that he has. All right. With that little uh, forest fire put out, let's take our second break. And then we're going to talk about a few other aspects of the game. And then we're going to move on to mailbag. All right. We're talking chiefs, Titans playoffs coming up. Um, 
Ah, man, I'm excited. They get to host at Arrowhead. I hope every one of you guys goes. It'll be awesome. I'm going to be up here in Minnesota. I'm watching the kiddos that day. It's going to be great. I better be able to watch the game or I'll freak out. But, you know, that's fine. Um, the, uh, the, the thing, so we talked a little bit about, you know, the Titans offense versus the Chiefs defense. It's a running game that has people concerned. When the Chiefs are on offense, the Titans defense, they're, they're, they're good at stopping the run. Casey's a real problem up front. That guy is a beast. However, um, the Chiefs have, you know, and Dominican Sue is a, is a beast too. And the Chiefs offensive line handled him and the Dolphins pretty well. They've worked in some speed options and a few things that work very well to uh, kind of negate interior defensive linemen. And I think they'll continue to do that kind of thing. And they're just overall things are clicking right now. Kareem Hunt is a stud and they are playing well. The line is blocking well. And obviously Alex being more of a willing downfield passer has helped open things up. Now he's still not really an intermediate zone thrower like what we talked about earlier, but they've definitely loosened things up just with those deep passes because it just changes the way you have to play defense. You got to play a couple safeties over the top um, or you're in deep, deep trouble. And so, I mean, the, the, the Titans have a good reputation for having a good run defense, but a bad pass defense. Now, in the past, the Chiefs have come into games like this where they were playing a team that was considered bad in pass defense, and they have not been able to exploit it. So even though the Titans are an inferior team to the Chiefs, talent-wise, and they are, and even though they are definitely an inferior team to the Steelers or the Patriots, you know, or, you know, whoever the Chiefs would be facing in the next round if they win. And believe me, the Titans are inferior to those teams. They provide a good look at how the Chiefs do against a strong run defense that doesn't need to load up the box to stop the run. And a team that also plays a variety of zones. So this is kind of an interesting matchup for the Chiefs because it gives them a chance to work out the kinks of some of the things that have this season been their Achilles heel. And I'll be really interested to see how they do against that. I personally think this is a different team than the than you know years past. And that, that slump in the middle of the season, I just think that was a matter of a few things going very, very wrong at once that have been corrected by and large. So I'm excited. I think the Chiefs have a very good chance of moving on. You know, people want to talk about the future in Mahomes, and I get that. But right now, I think the Chiefs have a good chance to make a run. This is a much more balanced team than was in the playoffs last year. The defense isn't quite as good, I don't think, but the offense is definitely significantly better. I think this is the most balanced team that they've brought to the playoffs, despite, you know, having only a 10 and 6 record instead of, you know, 12 and 4 or whatever. This is a balanced team team. They played a brutal schedule. They played it well. The teams they lost to were mostly garbage teams. You know, it was just a rough gig, but they, they've got a shot here and I'm so excited to see it. Like I've said to people, my, my, my desire is to see Alex Smith win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs and ride off into the sunset, a legend. I would love to see it. Um, so with all that said, let's move on to some mailbag. We got some time. We'll take as many as humanly possible. Chiefer Sutherland asks, Tyreek Hill should be on kick return duties in the playoffs, especially now with Hunt and Thomas injured. You agree? I don't think so. I think that's what they're going to use CJ Spiller for would be my guess. And it looks like someone actually replied. <laughs> Chuck LZ replied that to him. I think Spiller will carry out that role. Um, 
Hill Hill's just too important to throw into those duties. Now, if they if if something bad is going down and they need to just throw everything they can at someone, yeah, you put Hill back there. But other than that, I you know kickoff return duties you delegate that. Um, Brandon Hur asked me a few different uh, uh, questions. Um, so I'll see, uh, which direction do you see Robinson going next year up, down or flat? You know, I really don't know. Robinson kind of disappointed me. He's got some skills for sure, but he hasn't seemed to quite put it all together just yet. And more than any other receiver, it seems like he has miscommunications with the quarterbacks with, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Albert Wilson coming off what is for him a career year, um, even though it's been a very role player like year, but you can almost see him playing himself into a contract that I'm not sure the chiefs will be willing to match. I think Robinson will be fine, but he needs a little more seasoning. And hopefully after that, he can start to quote unquote, get it a little more. Um, Seth. <laughs> hi, Seth uh, asked, how did Cam Irving look? You seem more comfortable at tackle. Um, and is there any chance Spiller sees the field against the Titans? I don't, think Spiller will see the field much unless West is just not workable. Um, as far as Cam Irving, I watched him a little bit, not a ton. He wasn't great, but I don't think he was horrendous as he was in previous play this year at guard. So that'll be something interesting to watch out for because, you know, some of his talents maybe, I mean, he's athletic. We know that. We know he's very athletic, but we know he's struggled in a lot of aspects, but he wasn't as bad as I was afraid. And that might sound like lukewarm praise, but you know what? Hey, it's something to build on. They knew he was a project coming in. And so if they've already built him from completely abysmal to kind of passable, well, that's a lot of progress. And so we'll view it that way. Josh Vollmer asks, what are the chances of Matt Nagy wanting to stick around to work with Pat and possibly take over for Reed? Man, I would love it if that were how things went down because Matt Nagy seems to be really capable. Um, does, he's done a great job with the offense. Here's the problem with that. Andy Reed just signed a five-year extension. And I, I can't see someone being willing to wait around five years when they've got people beating down their doors. I know a lot of people say, oh, but he's got in a great situation. And he is. Um, but there are 32 head coaching NFL jobs in, in, in the world. That is a big deal. Now, I mean, the argument could be made, well, there's usually only 32 offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL. That's true, but you're not the guy. You're not the man. You're not the boss. You got to put up with the boss making the decisions. And if he sees an opportunity to not have to deal with that, I think he might. And, you know, who wouldn't, you know, give an opportunity to run their own team? I definitely would. And I don't see any reason why any of you wouldn't either. And so I just don't see him sticking around for that long. I think he could stick around for another year um, just to help build his resume more, work with Pat um, and work with Andy. He really likes Brett Veach, their former college teammates. I think it's a good situation for him. But at the same time, you know, being offered some of the he's being offered to you know, he's interviewing at least for the uh, the Bears job. He's interviewing for the Colts job. I think if he weren't interested, if he weren't willing to move on this year, I don't think I think he'd be declining interviews. And he's not. Now it's one thing you know with Chris Ballard because he knows Chris Ballard in, with Indianapolis that maybe he wouldn't want to be impolite and say no. But there's no reason for him to be like that with the Bears. So 
I think he's looking. It wouldn't surprise me if someone hired him because I he seems, from everything I'm hearing, like a guy who is going to knock his interview out of the park. So my hope is that those teams hire other people, but and we see to, we see too because he might go too. Um, but when we see Nagy for one more year, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if we didn't. However, I will say one thing. We all thought it would be a disaster when Doug Peterson left too. Andy Reid, I guarantee you, has someone in mind to replace Nagy and fill a similar role. Now, will they be as good as Nagy? I doubt it. But you know what? I doubted it with Peterson too. Reed just needs someone to counteract his worst tendencies and help incorporate the uh, the the spread and the RPOs. Brad Childress can do that. And I mean it. I'm not trying to be funny there either. Brad Childress can absolutely incorporate those same things. So, you know, he just needs to be willing to give the guy play calling duties at least – even in a limited capacity. Uh, Jeremy D. Weedman asks, on a scale of 1 to 10 after watching a full game of film on him, what are the chances Tano is our OLB opposite Houston and Ford being gone? Um, he said, here's hoping it's a 10. I, I'm still very much wavering, I would say, at this point, a 6.5 because Tano has made a lot of progress this year, a lot of progress. He's gone from unplayable to small-time contributor. And then he went from small-time contributor to had an okay game, being asked to play more snaps. Um, Now, he's got a lot of stuff to work on, but he's made a ton of progress very quickly, and he's a physical freak. And from all accounts, he's a sharp guy who's willing to work hard. When you combine those two things, usually guys succeed. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with D. Ford. Obviously, I'm not in favor of paying him $8 million next year. Um, there's just too many other players you could get for $8 million that I don't think have Ford's limitations. Um, and then you consider the health stuff, you know, back issues. That's scary. Um, so I, I personally would like to see them roll with Tano. I think on a scale of 1 to 10, what the chances are, I'd say, like I said, a 6.5 with potential to go up as the playoffs go along. Um, Keith McLean asks if KC manages to somehow not win on Saturday, knock on wood. What can I possibly do to get myself out of bed for work Monday morning? You will watch highlights of Patrick Mahomes against the Denver Broncos. That is how you will do it. Then that's, that's what I mean by house money. They just, yes, we hope they win, but if they don't, we can spend all off season saying, ho, 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 just you wait NFL. Just you wait because the Chiefs, once they clear off a little cap space and they will, they're going to have, you know, 30 million to spend or so, which is an amount they haven't had in a while, enough to bring on a couple guys, a couple of impact guys. And they're not really losing people that have been huge impact players this year or even marginal impact players. So they've got a real chance to just solidify the team around Mahomes and do something crazy next year. So no matter what, it's going to be fine, Keith. So don't even worry about it. Um, Neil Davidson asked, uh, what is something Mahomes proved that he could do that you were previously unsure of? Um, for me, he displayed something the great QBs displayed, the ability to make the guys around him better. Um, I wouldn't say he necessarily made the guys around him better, Neil, but I will say that his individual play dragged up the offensive performance despite the guys around him playing badly. If that makes sense. Albert Wilson did play very well, though. Not trying to be contrarian because we're basically saying two things. We're basically saying the same thing just in kind of different ways. But I just want to clarify, you know, the offensive line didn't play any better because of him. It was just a matter of it didn't matter. And that's what I like about what he did. As far as for me, he proved that he could operate within the confines of the offense. Um, And it wasn't a ton, but it was enough. Um, 
So I've got a few. How can the Chiefs improve their red zone offense? Adrian asked me that. Um, a couple things. Uh, one is is blocking, which they've gotten a little bit better on. And two, I would love to see them target Kelsey more. They do to an extent, but it seems like when they're in the red zone, they run a trick play or they target Demetrius Harris. Um, it's it's like in the red zone where they often go to their not best guys. I would love to see that happen more. I'd love to see them treat Kelsey like a star, which he is. Don Beal asks, other than Patrick Mahomes, give me three other players you impressed with seeing extended time on the field. Albert Wilson's got to be one of them, and I know that's the obvious answer, but it is what it is. Uh, Tano Passigno, he really popped to me, and I saw McQuay. I didn't see as much of him as I would have liked, but I saw McQuay make a few hits that I thought were pretty good, and I felt like the defense dropped off when he wasn't in. And so those are guys who I thought popped a little bit um, in their own right. Um Aaron Elder says, Alex stays a chief next year if, question mark, question mark, um, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on the back of an MVP level performance by Alex Smith, I think there's a 50-50 shot. Other than that, I don't see it happening. I just don't. Um, it just Mahomes is showing out well enough. Um He's shown that he can run the offense and help the team put up points and move the ball with second string guys against half of the Broncos starters. Um, you know, actually more than half on half the snaps. I mean, he, he's shown that he can make things happen. There's really no reason. I mean, it's cause it's not really Alex against Mahomes. It's Alex against Mahomes and $17 million and a roster spot. And, uh, you know, just all this stuff, it just, you know, it just isn't a fair fight at this point. And plus, while Alex is coming off a career year, there's got to be some doubt in the minds of the coaches as to whether he can replicate this year in and year out. We're starting to run out of time here. I'm going to try to speed through a few more. Um, Price Carter asked, should the Chiefs be eyeing a free agent, wide receiver, Landry maybe, or re-sign Wilson? I'd like to see them um, go after someone who is another vertical threat. Um, but I, I actually am okay with where they're at there right now, even if it's just re-signing Wilson, um, depending on what the, uh, what the contract looks like. I think he really might be playing himself out of a contract. Um, so I, I will say, I, I, with regards to the one last thing with Alex versus Pat thing, I've had people ask me, um, oh, here, there's actually, I know... I'm going to find it. There was a great, uh, oh yeah, here's a great question to put the Alex versus Pat thing in perspective. And then we, uh, then we're going to have to get going. Cause I tried to not go over 45 minutes. And I already have by just a tick here. Ken Hagen asks after seeing Mahomes in action, if Casey started him when you wrote your article that it was time to move on. And I think that was after the giants game, maybe how do you think the season would have gone? Okay. I hate to say this, um, I want to make sure I've got the, uh, the chief schedule in front of me, uh, to make sure that I get this right. Because I was, I, I said that it was time after the giants game, I believe. Um, and then they had Buffalo and New York. Um, maybe I really said it was time after Buffalo. Because, man, Alex was just brutal in both of those games. But I was starting to call for it after New York, and then I really called for it after after Buffalo. And then, you know, he played a great game against the Jets, and they still lost. 
Um, I think had they put Mahomes in sooner, um, I think they I think they win against New York and Buffalo. Um, but you know, it's tough to believe they still win or they don't still lose against New York with how abysmal the defense played. However, I don't think the defense plays that badly without things all going south the way they did. Right. You know, a lot of this game is attitude, unfortunately. Um, and so it really, now the good thing about the New York loss is it forced Bob Sutton to do some things differently. So I wouldn't do it any other way. You got to remember the chiefs closed out winning four in a row with Alex playing very, very well in the, in three of the four final games. And so I, I think the chiefs would be in a similar spot. I actually think they would probably would have won an extra game or two. Um, they were clearly way better than Miami. They would have beat them anyway. They were clearly way better than Oakland. They would have beat them anyway. They were clearly way better than Los Angeles. They would have beat them anyway. They already beat Denver with, you know, the B squad. Well, maybe they would have lost because it would have been, you know, Tyler Bray instead of Mahomes. I don't know. But I personally think Mahomes could have brought them to this point too. And that's probably why I land on Mahomes in 2018 because I don't think they'll take a step back in in their day-to-day and i think it raises the ceiling of what they can do in days where the defense perhaps or the offense isn't winning on its own and they need the quarterback to step up and make a play um but for right now man we got the playoffs in front of us and i would just it would be the most chiefs thing ever to win the super bowl on a year where they had an epic collapse and i just i hope that's how it all goes down man i'm so excited to watch on saturday um and beyond hopefully so that's what the show that i've got for you guys today thanks for listening as always you know if you could uh subscribe and rate review and all that fun stuff it really does make a difference um i i've appreciated communicating with you guys in 2017 and now 2018 um, I'm just looking forward to more and more. Hopefully this time next week, we are celebrating a Chiefs playoff win and talking about what the next step is. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.